Alrighty, welcome to episode two of Joyful History. With Mike. And Joy. And Declan. Baby Declan. Who is going to have commentary throughout the podcast. Unless I can get his pacifier in his face. Which he's not cooperating with. He rarely co cooperates, but I guess that's the prerogative of a two-month-old baby. So... On this podcast, I find underexposed stories of history, and I tell them to Mike while he enjoys a little bit of liquor, and hopefully by the end of this, we've gotten him sloshed up enough that um, maybe he'll remember some of it. Sloshed, tipsy. I don't really go for sloshed anymore. Yeah. I'm a 30-year-old dad. Sloshed is not as fun as it used to be. Not when you're, like, just always tired. Yeah. Like you, you, you can't you can't get like completely drunk and be tired and also have a good time. It just doesn't work. You kinda slip out of universal existence. And you get drunk way too much faster that way too. Because <laughs> your body's just destroyed. You also don't get over the hangover nearly as fast. I still have only had about three hangovers in my life, so Really? Yeah. I and would... only one of like real note. Do you want to trade? <laughs> no. Because my hangovers are bad. No, but your pregnancies are pretty good. My pregnancies are awesome. So, so what are we doing today? Well, today, since it's snowing, we're doing hot cocoa and Kahlua. And I've got my snowman mug. Ooh, I, snowman. I love snowmen. And we're actually going to talk about a place that's kind of sort of tropical. So, Mike, what is your knowledge base of African history? I should probably not talk about their art. I don't have <laughs> terribly good things to say about African art. Um, I have a African art history professor who did not like my contributions to her class. Um, of course, okay. Yeah. So for the audience, put it in perspective. Mike has a bachelor's degree in art. And I'm sorry, I don't care what anybody says. Do not get the degree in the thing that you love. It will make you hate it. I kind of hated art going into it. <laughs> I really? walked out just, like, raging. Anything you love, do not study it in college. You will hate it. So, Mike hates all art. Yeah. Well, today we're going to Africa. Specifically, Zanzibar. Okay. Zanzibar, in the mid to late 1800s early 1900s was a pretty important little place okay um oh crap so we're trying something new with this episode i'm actually going to be showing mike some maps and things is that the best choice for a podcast well i'm gonna they can't see it i'm gonna post them in the show notes Okay, and we're gonna fair. we're going to use our very skilled descriptive abilities to describe what we're looking at. I am at. an artist, right? I'm also a complainer, so that's true. Okay, so Zanzibar during the 1800s was pretty. Okay, so they were very wealthy, and I will show you why. If you go to any Google Maps and type in Zanzibar, it'll show you a tiny country on this little island. By Tanzania and Kenya and Somalia. I know all these names. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Um, but it's just off the east coast of Africa, just off of the coast of Tanzania. 
Zanzibar, for this story, I believe is the full island right there, not just the country. Because Zanzibar, modern day Zanzibar, is a little tiny country on the far west of the island. We're talking about the whole island. Okay. But in the 1800s, there were, and I'm guessing still, some fairly predictable trade winds that will carry a boat pretty easily from Zanzibar over to India to Oman, which is on the southeastern corner of boot, Saudi Arabia. Boot toe, yeah, of Saudi Arabia. By and then Yemen. Back to Zanzibar. It's a little, uh, yeah, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. It's a little triangle of winds that carry the boats around for trading. It's like the Bermuda Triangle of Wealth. Because everything I was that... trying to make a Bermuda Triangle reference and I couldn't come up with anything. So yeah. thank you. It's it's the magic scary triangle of wealth because what would happen is the merchants would take all of the goods that you could find in Africa, coffee, ivory, gold, slaves. Coffee. Coffee. <laughs> Spices, all sorts of things, and they would take it to India where they would trade it for Indian spices. Indian, um, like, dyes, um... And then the poor Oman people would get, like, whatever India didn't want? Well, no, they, they, so, you come, you come to Africa, you buy a bunch of just shit, really at wholesale value, you go to India, you sell all of your shit for major markups, you buy a bunch of Indian goods for wholesale value, you go to Oman, you sell all of that really, really high markup, and buy a bunch of in um wholesale in um oh is good and then you go back to zanzibar and do it all over again is it omanis or is it omanian i i don't know i'm guessing omanian oman and india don't play that big of a story i'm just saying like this is just important to know um this is this the, this the route preface of our story yeah this route made Zanzibar a shit-fuck-ton of money. Okay. A shit-fuck-ton of money. Look at this. Zanzibar, to put it in perspective, this one little island was the upper east end of New York's New York elite. Okay. Whereas the rest of Africa was, like, Mississippi. Okay. Ow. Okay. Just, I don't... I Where was it that we Savage. went... Savage. No, we're... Not Mississippi. Where was it that we went camping that... Missouri? Yeah, and it was just like, okay. Like, just very, very, very broke. Okay. Okay? Um, but, you know, to be fair, though, the people in Missouri weren't broke. They definitely could afford their crack, so. <laughs> and mine was a burn? Oh, my God. I've been there. I could talk about it factually. <laughs> I've never been to Africa. That's fair. That's fair. So, Zanzibar was very wealthy, whereas Africa had varying degrees of wealth, but not not anywhere near as much. Well, Zanzibar at the time was actually owned by the Sultanate in Oman, and when the Sultanate in Oman realized Zanzibar was where the money was, he moved his entire court to Zanzibar in 1841. Now, court basically consisted of three buildings. Um... At the time, everything was built in wood. He built a palace, a harem, and something called the House of Wonders. I couldn't find any details on it. Is it like the Cave of Wonders? I guess. 
I think it I think it was just a fancy place for him to put all his gold shit. Sounds like the Cable Wonders. Right? Okay, that actually that tracks. It lines up. That checks that tracks. out. That tracks. <laughs> so the English found that they really, really liked Zanzibar because the climate there was a little more temperate than some of the more tropical places that they've been. There were not nearly as many diseases on Zanzibar as there were further inland. So they began trading a lot. The East India Company set up an entire place right there because Zanzibar was always going to India. Are we going back to the bad guys from Pirates 3? Really? They're actually the good guys in this story. I'm just saying, they're in this one again. If, if You know what? If Chain Gang doesn't show up, I'm going to be really disappointed. Here's what's funny, Mike. The East India Company was there working real closely with her sister company. Who, who's this? Oh. The, the East Africa Company. Is that funny? I don't know. I thought it was. I don't... They weren't very creative with their names. Well, yeah, it's supposed to be descriptive, not artful. I'm just saying, like... like if, they, if they said the Andy Warhol Trading Company, but it was out of <laughs> East India, people would be like, why Why did you call it that? That doesn't... Yeah. Because we like Campbell's Soup so much. What's Campbell's Soup? Wait a couple centuries. Maybe one. What? Campbell's may have been a thing in the 1840s. I don't know. I don't it's either. an old-ass company. I kind of want to Google that now. It's probably the way they're red, because that's like a hard color to come by back in that's the day. That's true. Or, or was that purple? I can't remember. Anyway, Purple point. and red both, but yeah. Anyway, um, the East India Trading Company set up in Zanzibar, which means the, the British Royal Navy set up in Zanzibar. So there was a real heavy British presence in Zanzibar. The Sultan at the time. Sultan or Sultanet? Uh... Sultanate is to sultan as king is to kingdom. Or kingdom is to king. Oh. Okay. Makes uh -oh. sense? Did yeah. I say that right? S sultanate? I don't sultan know. Sultan is to sultanate as king is to kingdom. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, the sultan freaking loved this. He actually used his wealth and the presence of the English to get his hands on as much European weapons and technology as he possibly could. Okay. Yeah. At one point, oh my goodness, at one point his really, really close relationship to the British actually got him a, uh, a, a warship, custom warship built as a gift from, I believe it was the king at the time, and they called it the HMS Glasgow, and he basically used it as a pleasure yacht. <laughs> cool. Right? Um... So things were actually pretty good in Zanzibar for a while until the English back home started really putting pressure on the East India Company to stop the slave trade in Africa. Um, they had actually successfully, like, through voting, the English had said stop the slave trade in West Africa. So the slave trade in West Africa had ended close to 70 years before it ended in East Africa. Okay. Um... But they put pressure on the East India Company to stop that. And finally, in about 1873, the Sultan said, all right, you can't do it along the East African coast or on any of the Sultanate territories anymore, which was basically the entire East African coast. Now, so he was crippling that whole thing. Yes. Basically. All right. Now, this pissed off a lot of people. Well, yeah, probably specifically people that like their own slaves. Mm -hmm. You know, dicks. <laughs> 
the Arab ruling class got pissed. There were a number of um, sorties, clashes, spats, whatever you want to call it, between Europeans and a bunch of local officials in Zanzibar, Tang Tanganyika, and Kenya. Tanganyika is modern-day Tanzania. Okay. Basically. Um, now, it really hurt Zanzibar's economy in a, in a, in a different way. Well, yeah, free labor is like, you know, free labor. Well, here's the thing is... If, if a merchant was coming from Central Africa or East Africa and he had slaves carrying his things for them for him, he got turned away at Zanzibar from now on. So, so that, he had to carry his own crap. That perfect little triangle that they were in, they very effectively cut Zanzibar out of that triangle. Because India and Oman didn't, didn't ban slavery, just Zanzibar. And at the time, it was a practice for, so ivory was really big, right? And when you went to Africa and bought ivory, you would buy just an ivory tooth. Okay. Which, when they said tooth, I was picturing like a, a tooth, tooth tooth? You mean a tusk. It's a, yeah, it's, a, they called well, the elephant tusks a tooth. Well, are the teeth ivory? I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. It's just the tusks are ivory. The tusks are a tooth. Well, I mean, yeah, but is it like a different material? I don't I, believe so. Oh. I believe I believe the entire um, elephant skeleton is considered ivory, but the tusk is like congealed ivory that you can actually do more with. Okay, so it's you know, okay ivory in the sense of trade, right? Okay, so that one tusk they called a tooth, and it was pretty basic practice that if you're going to buy a tooth of ivory, you're going to buy a slave to carry the tooth. So there were a... Wow. Okay. Right? So there were a bunch of, like, there would be entire caravans of, like, 60 slaves carrying these... A tooth each. Getting turned away and saying, go somewhere else. You can't go through the Zanzibar port. Would it really be that hard to just, like, get an ox carry your damn tooth? <laughs> Like a donkey like, or something. On, that's gotta well it's gotta be cheaper than buying a person, right? Theoretically, I don't know. I'm not like versed in, you know, buying, selling, and trading people, but I would assume that an animal would be cheaper. And easier to train. People are, you know, that's true. I'm stubborn. A, I'm gonna say something terrible and I don't mean it terribly. But I'm thinking a person probably eats a lot less than an ox does. Mm. That's fair. In a day? In terms of, like, actual business sense. Yeah. You're okay. spending less on... on... Yeah, like, don't they eat grass? Oxen? Yeah. Yeah, but they're, they're going to eat, like, 10, 20 pounds of it a day. I mean, think of a horse. So you got to buy, like, grain and stuff. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then you're going so to have to buy... So in the most fucked up practicality ever, long run, the ox is actually not as good of a... Wow. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> right? I feel gross. Yeah, I feel pretty sick right now. <laughs> I love you, Mia. Doggo, good doggo. Is she going to start carrying your things for you? <laughs> so, in 1885, Germany starts making claims in Africa for areas that nobody had set claim to yet. Okay. Wait, so who did? Germany. Okay. So, do you know um, Eddie Izzard, that stand-up comedian? Yeah. And he's got that whole bit. I have a flag here. 
Wait, we. But I have. Oh, I have a flag. Yeah. Yeah. So he, that's pretty. Pretty accurate, accurate to what happened. Yeah, and in 1885, Germany was like, guys, I want, I want some territory. So they, they, they got some flags. They and they scattered around Africa, and they were like, is any, is there a flag here? Is there a flag? Quick, put a flag down. Put a flag down. Okay. And and started taking over little areas in Africa. Is it, this is some foreshadowing. <laughs> a little bit. Um. A little thing called World War II. Ooh. I didn't... I, didn't, I, didn't, I wonder how disgusting we can feel that. about ourselves by the end of this podcast. I don't want to feel disgusting. That's not the point. So, Germany starts invading this area. And, I mean, when you just say, I put my flag here so it's mine now. There's not a whole lot of, like, borders. And at the time, they were using this term called sphere of influence, which is basically just, these people are kind of sort of my neighbors, so I'm in charge of them. And they were bigger. So they just started annexing neighbors. Right. And, and nobody could figure out the exact borders and boundaries of who had sphere of influence where. Um, in 1886, Zanzibar actually declared independence from Oman and set up its own sultanate. Okay. So Zanzibar was like, peace, bitches, this money be ours. Um, once they broke from Oman, they were supported really heavily by Britain. Britain was like, yeah, buy Oman, go away. Um, in exchange for help breaking for Oman, the Sultan of Zanzibar granted his rights to Tanganyika, which is modern-day Tanzania, to Germany and his rights of, to Kenya to Britain. Well, these two pretty much butt up against each other. So, there was a little bit of bickering between Britain and Germany as to exactly where the fence line was. What this... <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, now, in all of this change... In, I, I just have this image of, like, two guys out in the field, just, like, getting, like, telegraphs and, and messenger pigeons... Like, where, where Germany and, and Britain are having this passive-aggressive hissy fit slap <laughs> fight. And they're, like, and they're like best friends. Okay, they are, they've become best friends. They've been out here for, like, six months. Just, like, drawing lines. It's like, no, no, my people are saying the lines here. So it's like, all right, fine, I'll step back five feet. Well, no, because no, two feet more because of this. And they're like, ah, fine, Jeff. We can't get back, get back right, to now, our freaking chess game. Randy, you need to move. Two feet back, because I just got a telegram. <laughs> Jeff and Randy. I want that TV show. I want that TV show, and I want the TV show about the, the bear, the Russian bear from World War II that, that smoked cigarettes. The Russian bear from World War II that smoked cigarettes. Yeah, well, yeah. Look it up. Anyway. I'm gonna have to. Um, so, in all of this, a lot of anti-European and anti-Zanzibar sentiment started growing because like everybody on the mainland was going who who the hell are you to be telling me how to live my life now where did you come from and you look at Zanzibar compared to like the whole of the East African coast they're freaking tiny mm -hmm. they're super tiny that's like Rhode Island deciding they're going to tell the rest of the U.S. how to live their lives. I do like how there's an island just called Mafia. 
Like, there's on so the, many places to map. dispense of a body on an island. <laughs> just because it's all surrounded by water. I think that's actually an area of the water that they were dealing with mafia, African water mafia, which oh, I, oh, I think are just pirates. I wanted Mafia Island. I know, right? That's like Robot Cowboy Pirate Island, like, but Mafia Island. I'm sorry. And they all talk like this, eh? Yeah, it's British occupation issues with Mafia. Oh. Maybe it is an island. I'll have to look that up. Anyway. I'll have to... Mike is looking at the map that I have provided for him to show him the breakdown of some territories, which I actually shouldn't be showing you this. We're not there yet. But now we are! July 1st, 1890. Okay. Four men sit down at a table. Okay. Are two of them Jeff and Randy? No, but they should be. <laughs> I, I fucking love all of the names. Don't look at my notes. I'm not. Don't look at my notes. I love all of the names of everybody involved in this story. Like, the names are just so much. Nothing will ever compare to pirate hunter Chang Gang and his illustrious, long-winded career of hunting pirates. You want to put some money on that? No. <laughs> not, not, not now. <laughs> Speaking with a lot of confidence on something I don't know, so... Okay, so four men sat down to a table, July 1st, 1890. Man number one... Is that his name? No, I have to divide these, otherwise the words are just going to run together. But they signed the paper like this, okay? Okay. It wasn't just their initials, it was... Okay, guy number one. Chancellor and General of the Infantry Von Caprivi. Okay. Man number two. Legation Counselor at the Foreign Office, Dr. Crowell. He sounds like a supervillain. No, no, he sounds like somebody who works at Arkham. So these two were the German representatives. Okay. Number three. I gotta take a breath for this one. Hang on. Her Britannic Majesty's Ambassador Extraordinaire and Plenipotentiary Sir Edwin Baldwin Mallet. Or Mallet. Plenipotentiary. That is plenipotentiary. What, what does that mean? I have no idea. What does that word mean? Hey Siri, what does plenipotentiary mean? As a noun, it means a person, especially a diplomat, invested with the full power of independent action on behalf of their government, typically in a foreign country. <laughs> so basically, they're like, you are the country, just make decisions out in the field. That's kind of awesome. Okay. And the fourth person. Chief of the African Department of Her Majesty's Foreign Office, Sir Henry Percy. Okay, legitimately, these people were just flexing with their titles. <laughs> like, they made their titles up on the spot. Like, well, well, I'm the Chancellor and General of the Inventory. Well, no, I'm the Britannic Majesty's Ambassador Extraordinaire and a word I made up, Sir Edward Baldwin. <laughs> and is that Mallet or Malay? I would, I don't I know. Malay. I would say Malay, but I would expect Malay to have two L's. And I kind of feel like the difference between the German and the English is just, so you have Her Britannic Majesty's Ambassador Extraordinaire, not just a regular ambassador, he is Ambassador Extraordinaire and Plenipotentiary. There's a lot of pompa, pompadour there. Like. Versus 
Chancellor and General of the Infantry. Yeah, it's military versus... This is who I am, this is what I do. Scarlet Pimpernel. Right? So they sit down and they sign what's called the Holgaland... Hol Holgaland... Zanzibar. The Holgaland Maneuver? Holga <laughs> the Holgaland Maneuver Treaty! It's the Holgaland... That's where you pilot all your ships through the enemy ships. In their ships. Real fast. Stop looking at my notes! Um, I'm just trying to read it as you read it. Like, I'm Holgo, looking at what okay. you're looking at at the same time. I'm don't very good below. at surprises. I don't spoil Christmas presents. Okay, but don't, I don't, don't spoil below. Christmas presents, Joy. I'm not looking down. I'm looking at, at the okay. Holdem Maneuver. It was a really good part in the movie. That was probably the best part of that movie. Probably. God, that's probably one of the top three of the Stop talking series. about Star Wars, Joy. God. You're the one who brought it up. I did not. I was just reading what was on the page. So what's next? They signed the Hol Holgoland Zanzibar Treaty. I, I didn't read what you said, but I did see what Germany got and what Britain got. And Germany got like three things and Britain got like one thing. <laughs> I don't know what they are, but I'm going to guess that <laughs> Christmas sucked for Britain that year. So Germany got Helgoland, which is an island. Helgoland? Is that like Legoland? No, it's an island in the North Sea. Which I have a picture of. It's kind of a tiny island, but Germany wants to use it for naval development. Oh, that's a cool island. I Isn't like it? that. I like that. That is a nice island. Isn't that is it? nice. That's like that's like a donkey and Shrek island, right? There. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Yeah, Just talking up my ass right now. I mean, you could legitimately put like four families there and have them have their own private little. And they still would like, never town. see each other. Yeah. Like, just enough space. Only when they wanted to see each other. Yeah, because, like, are those... That's It's a little bigger than I thought it was, but that's still pretty cool. Like, you could just... God, that's cool. Isn't I it? I like that island. So this is an island in the North Sea, kind of off Europe, just floating out there. Um, Islands don't float, Joy. Oh, you know what I mean. England had ownership of this for something like 75 years and Germany Germany was like we want to turn <laughs> so we want the cool island right so god that's cool right I bet like import costs are crazy though Maybe, just to get shit there I don't think like, so how, how do they get their, their creme brulee like, it is so close to the mainland. I think even back then, it was maybe a four-hour boat ride at most. Mm. Not even. I think it's one of those islands that you set out, and as the land disappears from view, the, the island, island comes into. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Of course, everything in the North Sea is kind of archipelago-y. Archipelago-y? Yeah. What? Like, you know what an archipelago is. Do you mean acapella? Aka what? An archipelago. I don't know what that is. An, an archipelago is kind of like a scattering of islands off the coast of something. So like picture Hawaii. So like, like Dalmatian it, spot island. Yeah. Okay. If if Hawaii is kind of sort of an archipelago. Say the word again. Archipelago. You mean like the like the Florida Keys would be something like that, right? Because there's like a spattering of them. Yeah, they're an archipelago. Okay. Archipelago. Yeah. Like I want, I want it to be like acapella, archaeology, 
Like, that's all the words that are bombarding my brain as I'm trying to wrap my head on how to say that. Ankylosaurus Apelago. Ankylosaur. Ankylosaur. I just made up a wow. new dinosaur. kind of want to see that one. Um, so Germany got Helgeland, and then they got... <laughs> I forgot, it's the island of Legoland. Right? And then they got, um, defined borders on their sphere of influence, which was most of Tanzania. And then the Caprivi Strip, which the Caprivi Strip is basically the whole beach of East Africa. And okay, that's a pretty sweet deal. To put it to put it gently, or, you guys can have all the crappy inland. We're gonna take the beaches, right? And they very. I will actually post a link to the treaty. I found the treaty in whole, but I was not reading that shit. I read the names, and I read the f first two lines of the first point, and I went, nope. Why? The way the names are? Now put that oh, in legalese. You, you couldn't English it. Oh, God. Legalese is the worst. It's and, like and, every run-on sentence your English teacher beat you over to, to death with. Like, yes, but Over the head with. Legalese that was written by Her Britannic Majesty's Ambassador Extraordinaire and Plenipotentiary. <laughs> it's like four pages to say, uh, we get the beaches. I'm surprised it's actually only six pages for the entire treaty, but still. It's all very flowery and long-winded, I would imagine. 1890s ambassador extraordinary and plenipotentiary legalese. I couldn't, I wasn't, I, I did this research at like four o'clock in the morning this morning. I was not, <laughs> I was not going any further. Just sorry. So that's what Germany got. And for all of that... Great Britain was happy with Zanzibar. Just Zanzibar. That's like, for those who can't see because this isn't video, it's like 1/180th of what we're looking at. And they don't even own Zanzibar. Like, they have less power in Zanzibar. They're just allowed to have a pool there. Right. Which is pretty redundant since it's surrounded by a pool. <laughs> Yeah, they have less power in Zanzibar than Germany has in all of East Af their their East African territories. But that, I feel like that says a lot about that money triangle. They were just like, just, just give us Zanzibar, we'll be good. Right? It's like, oh, you want Oklahoma for trading all of the entirety of Walmart across Earth? Okay. I, I wouldn't want Walmart. <laughs> I would want the money Walmart makes. That's fair. I guess if you don't have to step into the actual Walmart. Right? Now, really, really important for this, part of the reason Germany wanted their territories defined and expanded where they were was because they already owned southeast, uh, southwestern territories. Mm -hmm. And those territories were cut off from the Zanzibar, uh, not the Zanzibar, the Zambezi River. Okay. okay. Which goes to the water so they could actually have so it's inland Ocean that goes access. out to the water, okay. Right. But the what the river was cut off. Exactly. Now something else I'm, I'm struggling to understand this history lesson and I can see the map, so I do do you know mourn for our poor listeners. <laughs> oh, no. All one of you. <laughs> Hi Ryan. Um is it Ryan or Will? Do you think? I think they probably each listen to half. <laughs> Ryan, Will, if you if you listened this far, comment, like, subscribe. Yay. We love you. 
Um, something else really, really important that happens this year is that Sultan, where is it? Sultan Sayyid Ali bin Sayyid al Busaid ascends the throne. Okay. From ascends here, to the throne? Yes. Okay. Um, as soon as he's there, he actually installs retired English Brigadier General Lloyd Matthews as his first minister and to lead his cabinet. Okay. So he installs a foreign dude to lead his cabinet, and this is Lloyd Matthews. I pulled up a picture of him for you because I thought you would enjoy it. <laughs> he looks like he owns a KFC. <laughs> he does. But he's he's actually a, a, a badass. If you look up his record, he won like 10 wars in Africa. Led and, and won them. And then he was like, I'm done working for the Navy. I'm going to go live out my life on some lovely safari land. And then Ali was like, you want a job? And he was like, yep. So he moved to Zanzibar. Cool. Right? I, I kind of am jealous of him. Um, so Ali sets up Lloyd Matthews as his first minister, but then he also makes a deal and sets up a little bit more rule with the English protect, the, the British protectorate laws. And under the law of protectorate, he gives Britain the ability to approve or disapprove whichever sultan is going to be on the throne. Okay. Um, did I tell you what this is about, by the way? Did I tell you the title of this? No, I'm assuming this is another chain gang situation, or I don't know who the main I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. This is, this is the story of the Anglo-Zanzibar War. Okay. We're leading up to the war. Okay? Okay. Okay. So, March 5th, 1893, Sultan Ali dies, and the Brits Wait, used... when did he ascend to the throne? Like three years earlier? Yeah. Oh, damn. That 1890. Sucks. And he was, I believe, the third yeah the third sultan of zanzibar after they broke from um oman in 1830 18... something let me go back 40 1886 oh okay. so between 1886 and 1890 they'd already had three okay wow that seems sounds like a... I guess that's a... no that's terrible that's actually awful that's only yeah. like yeah Wow. Okay. So the British used the law of protectorate to install Said Hamad bin Thuwaini al Busaid as Sultan. Thuwaini. Thuwaini. Thuwaini? Thuwaini? That's a, that's a rough one. Yeah. Right? Maybe it's Thuwaini. Thuwaini. I think these names are beautiful. The, the Zanzibar mm -hmm. people, I think their names are gorgeous. But I did find a picture of this guy. So he's got pictures, like this picture, which I'll post, I promise. He's got this picture on silver. Just everywhere. Whoever and... made this doesn't know how time works. Because <laughs> they have the year going from 1896 to 1893. Well, look, his name is right here. It's, it's you read it right to left. Then wouldn't, wouldn't the numbers be right to left too instead of left to right? That's the English influence. Okay. Maybe, uh, yeah, okay. Maybe it's yeah. like that language from, from Contact or whatever mm -hmm. with uh, Amy, not Polar. Oh, what's her name? She played 
Lois Lane. What's the movie called? For not first contact. With the tiny talky aliens oh, drawn circles and not yeah, it was um Maybe that's how their language works. When you when you when you speak it tongue goes backwards. <laughs> oh my god. You're such a dork. Um That's so, gonna drive me nuts now. I can't think of the name of that movie. I know, I can't either. <laughs> I enjoyed the hell out of it too. It was like one of the best. Jeremy Renner and Amy I keep wanting to say Amy Poehler, and that yeah, is... Yeah, I keep going right. Amy Poehler, too. It's not Amy Adams, is it? Adams. That's it. It is Amy Adams. What's the name of that damn movie? Anyway, so keep, keep going. Okay, so they put Oh, no. Him. Oh, no. I actually saw a plot point. Hamad dies suddenly. I hate you! <laughs> he just showed up. You're Poor such God. a shithead! I glanced over at your phone, and the, the notes are on the way back to the screen. Stop looking at my notes! Um, So they, they put Hamad in as Sultan. And Spoiler alert. It doesn't last very long. I'm actually going to skip the next part because that's <laughs> really going to spoiler now. Fuck you. <laughs> but he rules for three years and his rule was so like peaceful and non-eventful that everything I could find on the internet, no matter how many times I googled his name, I came up with he was married to his, his uh, cousin and ruled for three years. So, like, no news is good news kind of thing. Yeah. Cool. He sucks that he only did that till 96. Right? Okay, well, 96. <laughs> August 25th. Tragedy struck. August 25th, 1896, at 11.40 a.m., he dies very suddenly. Um, they Do they know why? They, they think poison. Mm. They think Dicks. poison. He was only 39 years old, and part of the reason they think it was poison is because his cousin makes a hard move for the throne. Like, So um, his wife, you mean? The one he married? Different, another cousin. Okay. From a different uncle. Okay. Yeah. Um, his cousin Khalid had actually made a move to be sultan in his place three years earlier, but had gotten talked down by Lloyd Matthews and by the British consul and diplomatic agent, here's another awesome name, Sir Basil Shalito Cave. Wasn't Basil the name of the, the mouse from The Great Mouse Detective? Yeah, he was named after the actor who played Shakespeare the most mm. in the most renditions. What does that have to do with Sherlock? What? The Great Mouse Detective is just a mouse version of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. There's even a Watson. Yeah. So why would you name him Basil? Because he was named after the actor who had most often portrayed Sherlock. You you said... It was an homage to the actor. Didn't you say Shakespeare? Did I say... say if I said Shakespeare, I meant Sherlock. Oh, I think you said Shakespeare. I was thinking Sherlock. <laughs> I was like, what's that got to do with Sherlock? Well... <laughs> So you said, in your mind, you said the actor who most often played Sherlock, and my answer was, what's that got to do with Sherlock? Okay. I can't wait to play this one back. Okay. Oh my god. <clears throat> so Sir Basil, Basil Shilito Cave. Shil Where let me see that name? His last name is literally just Cave. Maybe Cave. It's, I bet it's Cave. I like the idea of him being like, hi, I'm Basil Cave. I'm Caveman. It's Fuck not going to work. Me, You're going to have to pick an animal. <laughs> Fuck with me, 
afraid of caves. No, his name is Basil Cave. Basil Cave. Is that a thing? I don't know, but it it sounds like pompous and badass. Kind of. Like every, like a British Batman. Everything the Scarlet Pimpernel wanted to be, but fell just short of. British Batman. British Batman. Um, I, which is funny because he looks like Alfred. Right. Oh my gosh, he does look like an <laughs> Alfred. Awesome. Anyway. So, anyway, so this guy and your KFC bro talked Khalid down from making a move to the Sultanate throne when Ali died. But now, three years later, Hamad just up and fucking croaks. And so, yeah. Out of nowhere. So was, Ali really wants it now. He was only 39 years old. Khalid is so aggressive, like just a few hours after Hamad dies. The whole world is, is still rocking from this. Khalid just walks into the palace and sits down on the throne and is like, mine now. Dibs. Yeah. First. Yeah. <laughs> like the comment section. First. Shotgun. <laughs> that, that's not what shotgun is, Joy. I don't know. You know what I mean. No, I don't. You suck. Anyway, he walks into the palace, declares himself the new sultan. Cave and Matthews are like, bro, you don't want to do this again. Bro, chill. It's a bad move. Chill. Like, everybody's died within, like, three years of taking this throne. You're not going to last long. Come on, dude. Like. Just go move to Legoland and I'll live out the rest of your life. Chill out. Chill out. Um, Khalid responds by amassing his forces in the palace yard. Which, remember, the palace, like, the whole palace uh, campus, I guess? or compound, is three buildings. The palace, a harem, and the House of Wonders. What's the House of Wonders? I have no idea. It's just. I bet that's where they do the drugs. It's probably where they do the drugs. But they have good drugs with all those trade routes. I bet they have the best drugs. They, have, they probably have good dealers. Wow, yeah. Oh, right, because it was the Cave of Wonders. Yeah. You said that's where he put all the gold. Yeah. Yeah, and he probably. hid his drugs in his gold. I'm guessing that's like... Whatever collections of exotic, different, and weird they got from overseas, that's where it went. It's called hentai. <laughs> oh, God. And it's art! <laughs> These are tentacles. <laughs> okay, moving on. So, Khalid amasses his horses in the palace yard. Um, which his... His forces... Um, he rolled his head, and now I don't have space for my head. Um, his forces were 2,800 men with rifles and muskets, most of which were civilians. 700 of them were Zanzibar Askaris, which an Askari was basically a local that was trained by the British military. Okay. For whatever purposes the British may have had. Sometimes they hired them, sometimes they enlisted them, sometimes they just said... You know stuff, now go fuck off. Oh, poor Declan. Poor Declan. Um, so he had that. He had several Maxim guns. What's a Maxim gun? I have a picture for you. Wait, Maxim. A Maxim. Maxim. You want to take a guess? Sounds familiar. But I have a feeling it's not what you're about to show me. That's a Maxim gun. Oh, is it a big cannon? Yeah. Is it a cannon or is it a like a Gatling gun? It's it's like a it's like a smaller cannon. Cause he had a couple Gatling guns too. 
Um, he also had a 17th century bronze cannon, two 12-pounder field guns, which is basically a, a, a Is the gun cannon. 12 pounds or is the bullet 12 the pounds? The shot. Okay. It fires that's, a 12-pound shot. That's like, that's like our child right now. Right? <laughs> that's a lot to get hit with, oh, trust me. I just had a terrible image of Declan getting shoved into a cannon and then fired at the enemy. Depends on how cartoony you imagine it. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. I I think just mom stinked. I am not allowed cartoon imagery of babies at all anymore. It's all very real and very terrifying. Fair enough. So, um, what, so he's got these 12-pound cannon things. Yeah, and then he's got the entirety of the Zanzibar Navy. Guess how big the Zanzibar Navy is, Mike? Three fishing ships. No, actually, he's doing a little bit better than China. Four fishing ships. <laughs> He's got one wooden sloop, which is a little bit bigger than a fishing ship, and the Glasgow. Okay. <laughs> the, 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 the pleasure Pleasure ship. yacht with a couple of guns on it. So, like, that's, he only has two ships? Yeah. You can't call that a Navy, Joy. That's a duo at best. That's not even, that's not even like, a good duo. I know. Well, on the Glasgow... This wouldn't even be a good buddy cop movie about boats. In all fairness, the Glasgow had um, seven nine-pound guns and a Gatlin gun. But it's still not a Navy. <laughs> it can have nine Gatlin guns. It's not a Navy. I mean, I mean, you know... There are Transformers that turn into more boats than his Navy. And I'm not even kidding. I mean, you know... Just saying... Like, he was ready. He was he like... He had two ships. Okay. Yeah. So... And he, he was like, no, I'm the fucking sultan. You guys back down. And he was he was pretty seriously anti-British. He wanted to instill some of the old laws that were there when the rest of Africa liked, Zanz liked Zanzibar. Okay. Before Zanzibar gave all of Africa to the Englishmen and pissed everybody off. Um... So instead of backing down, he gathers all of these people in the courtyard and his two naval ships. Well, Cave and Matthews, which that sounds like a buddy cop show. Lloyd Matthews sounds like a middle-aged actor that did, like, one sitcom in the 90s. And everyone knows him, but he's still not in anything. Really? Like, I don't know about... Matthew Perry keeps popping into my head whenever he hears Okay, things. okay, that's fair. I still think Cave and Matthews sounds like... Starsky and Hutch. Kane and Lynch kind of. is a dumb game. It's a very dumb game. That sounds like it's. It sounds combo. cool, but it's. I played a bald guy with long hair. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember which one he was. So Cave and Matthews gather their forces, which who they have immediately there is um, nine hundred Zanzibari Ascaris. So nine hundred Zanzibar soldiers that have been British trained. A pearl-class cruiser called the Philomel, which I'll post a picture of the oh, pearl-class. That's, um, that's probably bigger than four times the Navy of, <laughs> that it's going up against. Yeah. That's like a, that's like a real, like, yeah, we're gonna fuck up your shit. That's a flex right there. That is a flex. So they have one of those. They have a gunboat called, a th called the Thrush. That looks like a... Like, somebody's interpretation of what 
future steampunk would look like. Right? No, this was a real thing. They actually used similar boats in the Civil War. I want to know what the underside of that boat looks like. It look, It's like a trapezoid of death. Yeah, it's kind of, it just kind of comes to a point. Trapezoid of death. Yeah. What, what was it called? Gun the boat. trapezoid of death. <laughs> How many of those did he have? They have, um, They look like war turtles. That, that's pretty much what like they a are. a turtle of war. So they actually have two gunboats immediately ready. They've got the thrush. <laughs> They've got as many gunboats as the other places. The other guys have navy. Right. They have the thrush and they have the sparrow. And then they have the pearl class philomel. And between these, the philomel and the thrush, there are 150 sailors and marines. That just sounds awesome. Right? Which, okay, you know how much I love logistics, right? Sure. I love logistics. Logistics are amazing to me. So, Hamad dies at 11.40. A couple hours later, like... At 11.50, everybody's pointing guns. Two o'clock, one o'clock, Khalid marches into the palace and is like, Dibs! And Cave and Michael, uh, Matthews are like, bro, you need to chill. By, what, 1.30, Khalid has all of his dudes in the courtyard of the palace ready to fight. Cave and Matthews have all of their people. And they they send a message to the Thrush and the Philomel, and they're like, shit's about to go sideways. Within 15 minutes of getting a note that shit was about to go sideways, the Thrush and the Philomel emptied their 150 Marines onto the shore in order to control rioting and to protect any British um, citizen that had taken up um, hiding, what do you call that? Barricaded themselves Okay. in the British consulate. Within 15 minutes, there were 150 men on the streets of Zanzibar right where they needed to be. Okay, cool. I'm sorry. I think that's sexy. So, while everybody is all... Getting ready. They're still... Cave and Matthews are still being like... Bruh, don't do this. Back down, bro. Come on. Come on. Um. Talk about this. Hang out in the House of Wonders. Maybe go right? to the harem. In the middle of this, Khalid calls uh, British consulate Richard Dorsey Lorraine Mohoon. This dude right here. Okay. Um, I'll post pictures, I promise. And he's like, look, you're a British consulate. You need to recognize me as Sultan. If you recognize my ascension, a British consulate has officially recognized my ascension. By the law of protectorate, I am officially the Sultan. And Ali's like, I, I don't like that. No, Khalid was telling him you need to do that. You need, you, Mahoon, you need this tall white guy. You need to tell me I'm Sultan now. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. I misinterpreted. Sorry. Mahoon, I actually have his telegram or exactly what he said to the messenger. Bro, what the fuck? I'm not doing that. He said, as his ascension has not been verified by Her Majesty's government, it is impossible to reply. Hold, please. That, that's the, that's the telegram version of K. <laughs> On red. Left on red. Right. <laughs> what that is. He'd actually send a telegraph back that said, left on red. 
So all of this happened between 11.40 and 2.30. At 2.30 p.m., Sultan Hamad is buried. At 3 o'clock p.m. that day, a, ro a royal salute of the palace guns announces Khalid as Sultan. Khalid. Okay. The, the bad guy cousin. Yeah, no, I, yeah. The scar of this story. I was going to ask, ask a question, but I answered it. Anyway, oh, go okay. ahead. Um, at this time, Cave sent a telegraph to London, which I have a copy of. It says, are we authorized in the event of all attempts at a peaceful solution proving useless to fire on the palace from the men of war? Okay. Yeah. I just thought that was pretty language. I love all the language in this. It's so pretty. Do we have your permission to fuck this shit up? Right? Excuse me, madam, but... <laughs> we need to wreck it. May I... I'm going to wreck it. Now, at this time, after, after Hamad died, every flag on the island went to half-mast. Because a state official has died. Meanwhile, Ali's trying to, like... Right? Guess which flag did not come down? Just one flag on the entire island. Uh, no, Ali's? The one out at the... Khalid. Ali, was... Ali has died. Ali's been dead for six years. Ali died to put Hamad in, in, into power, and Hamad oh. has just died. Khalid is the one taking over. Okay, sorry. Okay, Khalid. Okay, yeah. He the, didn't lower his. The one flag in the palace is not lowered. Well, yeah. It's the only one on the entire island not showing any respect to Hamad. Sounds right. I just thought that was, like... I mean, it's it's one thing to, like, murder somebody to take their throne and force your way into the throne. It's but if you else. don't lower that flag, that's just some BS right there. <laughs> I mean, it is! Well, I mean, that's just a twist of the knife, not the actual thrust itself. Yeah, it's it's just, it's kind of a piss-on-you kind of thing. It's, well, it's yeah. petty, but it's like, dude, really? That far? Really? Really? The murder wasn't too far, but not lowering the flag. Screw that's, you. That's I crossing mean, a line. Yeah, it's just that one extra. I think a lot of lines have been crossed, and this is just a different one. Right? Um, August 26th. 1896, an Arthur, uh, Arthur, Archer-class cruiser, the Raccoon, arrives. Is that how they have ants? <laughs> it probably is how they have ants. Um, but the Archer-class cruiser, Raccoon, arrives and anchors with Thrush and Sparrow. I just realized Thrush is referring to the bird, not the disease. I didn't know either of those things were that thing. I was just taking it at face value. There's another word in this thing I don't understand. <laughs> Chalk it up. Oh my god. Oh my god. I didn't know a thrush was a bird or a disease. I think, I know thrush is a disease. I think it might be an STD. I was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> you named your ship the gonorrhea? Whatever, Why? Whatever. whatever well, it reminded your... me of this girl I met back in, you know. <laughs> I mean, if, if that's what floats your boat, like... Really? <laughs> really? But, um, the level of pun is... Just, <laughs> ouch. I love you. Okay. So the sterling anchors with the thrush and the sparrow. The raccoon anchors with the thrush and the no, sparrow you... at 10 a.m. Come on, sterling archer. Oh! Oh, I should have picked up on that. Good lord. Brother. I'm sorry. Okay, so the raccoon, the, uh, and the thrush and the sparrow, the trash panda, are hanging out. 
I'm calling it that from here on out. The trash panda. They're they're hanging out and eyeballing Zanzibar's two boat navy. <laughs> when at two p.m. the Edgar class cruiser Saint George, which was at the time the flagship of the Cape and East Africa station, arrives, and I do have a picture of an Edgar class ship. What's the name of this one again? This one is the Saint George. Okay. It's like a baby Titanic. That's what I was thinking. It's like a Titanic with a shit ton of guns. It's a baby Titanic. Maybe if this had There's gone up against the iceberg, guns. the iceberg would have lost. <laughs> the iceberg would have been like, I surrender. <laughs> I'm sorry. I give up. Um, this iceberg's kind of snowball's chance. <laughs> right. Um, so they arrive in port. London sends a response to Cave's telegraph from the earlier day. Stop looking at my notes! I was looking at how you misspelled response. Ressons. Okay, you know like what? sounds like a French word. Ressons. I typed this at 4 o'clock this morning. That is not my fault. It is all your fault. Yeah, yeah. Give me that shit look. I, um, I was looking at the dog, but okay. So London finally responds to Cave. And this is their telegraph response. Okay. <clears throat> you are authorized to adopt whatever message... Excuse me, let me start again. Whatever methods? You are authorized to adopt whatever mess measures... You are authorized to adopt whatever measures you may consider necessary and will be supported in your actions by Her Majesty's government. Do not, however, attempt to take any action which you are not certain of being able to accomplish successfully. Do whatever. Don't screw up. Got it. We got your back. It's like five words, of them, but they had to write like five lines. Right? And that's something else I really, really love about this. Oh, Declan. This particular story is it's like, hey, do I have permission to go kick ass? Yeah, fuck them up if you can. If you can't, then don't. But if you can, we got your back. You know what I mean? Yes. Okay. So, at that point, Cave and Matthews sent Khalid an ultimatum. The ultimatum is leave the palace by 9 a.m. on August the 22nd, or 27th, or we will open fire. At Ultimatums, you know, historically speaking... Don't go over well. Not really. Okay. Not really. So how's Khalid respond? So that night, most of the city was vacated because people were like, okay, shit's getting fucking real right now. Khalid's building a middle finger on the top of the palace tower. <laughs> I don't think this is going to end well. There's a goddamn coup. I don't want to be anywhere near this. Um, that night, the city was like really, really, really quiet. Normally there's... Uh, hang on, I've actually got a quote. Consul Mohun, the really tall, skinny white guy, mm -hmm. um, he said, The silence which hung over Zanzibar was appalling. Usually drums were beating or babies cried, but that night there was absolutely not a sound. And it's been described in a number of accounts as eerie as fuck. I would imagine, yeah, that sounds legit. Yeah, yeah. that sounds scary. Um, August 27th, 1896. Are you ready for this? I don't know. I have, like, an almost minute-to-minute -minute breakdown of the entire day. Okay. <laughs> Why do I have a feeling this is going to last five minutes? 8 o'clock a.m., a, a messenger from Khalid is sent to Cave asking for par parlay. A message from Khalid? 
Yeah, a messenger from Khalid goes to Cave and is like, Broski's truce? You want to you talk? Let's have a sit down. You want to talk, Broski? Maybe order some Chinese. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it'll only take, you know, six months to get here. It'll still be fresh. It's fine. They put a lot of salt in it, so it preserves it. It'll be good. Yeah, it'll be be good. Um, Cave replies replies that he would, quote, only have salvation if he agrees to the terms of the ultimatum. Okay. That's some intense language. Only have salvation. You only you will only have salvation if you do as I fucking say. They have turtle ships and 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 the trash panda. Yeah, yeah. And then another one that's like twice the size of the navy of Khalid. Yeah, that one ship is just like at least got to be four of his navy. Like in all fairness, Khalid has more more men, but he's. The, the navy <laughs> dude what are you even doing why are you even on the water um a message to cave from khalid reads we have no intention of hauling down our flag and we do not believe you would open fire on us word for word like where's the flowering he's not screwing around he's like i waited three whole years for this for another sultan to die right like, that's flowery for make me, bitch. <laughs> make me, bitch. No! You make me! Come at me, bro! Come at me! Cave replied, We do not want to open fire, but unless you do as you are told, we shall certainly do so. At 8.55 a.m., there was no response from Khalid, so the St. George was ordered to, to be fire. at the ready. Oh, 8.55. He's got until 9 a.m. <laughs> like, He's got until 9 a.m. You know Khalid's sitting in there like, they won't do it. Right? They're not gonna. Right? They're not, they're not gonna. They wouldn't. They're not Come on! They're cooler than that. I've got civilians right? in here. I've got civilians. It's freaking Brits. They play by the rules and shit. Yeah, no. At 9 a.m., General Matthews orders bombardment. <laughs> I kind of want to just be like, just fire one shot. Just see what happens. <laughs> just make him poop a little. <clears throat> At 9.02 a.m., Her, Majesty, Her Majesty's ships Raccoon, Thrush, and Sparrow opened fire at the palace simultaneously. Thrush's first shot destroyed one of the 12-pound cannons that they have. Most of the pol- palace's wooden <laughs> structure and Khalid bailed. <laughs> one shot. One shot. One shot. And I have a picture of the palace. <laughs> From one shot. Because <laughs> Thrush's first shot, not only did it actually hit the cannon, but it hit some of their armament and, and detonated like, all it. their shit blew up. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't have stored that on the, on the, like, the outer wall. So that's at 9.02 a.m. At 9.05 a.m., the Glasgow moves to engage the St. George. The St. George basically turns and shoots at it a couple of times, and the Glasgow sinks. Yeah, it's a, well, that was the pleasure ship, right? Yeah, basically. It was like, well, we sent the blue chip casino up against a, a, <laughs> a destroyer, and um, it launched one plane and destroyed it. <laughs> like... So the water that they were in was too shallow for the Glasgow to sink? So it just, like, went down five feet. 
They're like, hey, we got a new island. And the crew. Pleasure Island. <laughs> and the crew immediately ran up the British flag in surrender. Like, hey, help. We're how, not. How far down did they sink? Was it actually like five feet? It was enough that they were actually in risk of drowning. But they could still stand on the deck. It's like when you go just like kind of too deep in the pool where the like water is just kind of going over your nose holes. <laughs> so the St. George drove by and scooped them all up and said, welcome to Britain. <laughs> welcome to England. From Glasgow Island. Um, by 940, Khalid's flag is removed from the palace and the war is over. That's not a war. That's a bitch slap. That's exactly what that is. Sultan Hamoud bin Muhammad is installed. This is actually considered, like, the it, it's famously called the shortest war in history. It literally lasted 38 minutes. <laughs> what happened? I don't know. We fired one shot and it was over. <laughs> and that's what I don't get. Like, they fired one shot. Why did it even take that long? And Khalid ran away. It took three minutes. Three minutes. Why did you keep firing for 35 like, more it's minutes? It's not like he had a cell phone where he could text and be like, okay, I give up. Like, he probably ran and right. they didn't know. That's fair. And there were a bunch of, like, random tiny little skirmishes. Like, there were a bunch of Zanzibar merchant ships just kind of in the river that were like, or in the water that were like, oh my god, shit's going down, shit's going down. We should, uh, uh, let me have my rifle. And they started shooting at the thrush, and the thrush just turned around and sank them. I mean, yeah, Like, that's... three or four merchant ships, just I mean, like... I bet there were a lot of people, like, in the building that maybe didn't even know Khalid had fled. So they may have still been fighting in his name, <laughs> or out on the streets in his name. Or something like that. Yeah. I don't think there was much fighting on the streets. I mean, either way, the, the point is communication is an issue in, in, in this, you know. It was a huge issue. In every era prior to the one we live in. <laughs> Would you like to hear the casualty count? Five. Uh, on Khalid's side, there were 500 men and women who were dead or wounded. What? How? 500 were either dead or wounded. From the explosion when it hit the wall? I guess. The palace, the harem, and the house of wonders were completely decimated. Like, they they just kind of picked apart what was left and used it for firewood, I guess. Like, those buildings were completely, unusably destroyed. destroyed. Do you want to hear the British casualties? <laughs> I dropped my biscuit. There was one petty officer who got a splinter. And dropped his biscuit. Ow! Aw, oh, shit! <laughs> this is the worst morning ever. Meanwhile, 500 people are dying. Right. Oh, darn. No, I don't know if he got a splinter, but there is one petty officer who's recorded to have had a minor wound. But it was so minor that he didn't even get, like, leave from duty. He just, yeah, he just, like, picked it out of his finger. What? I, I really am picturing just, like, a band-aid. That's a lot of blood, sir. Yeah, well, that's, you know... That's what happens. Oh my, this might get on my cravat. <laughs> I got it on my biscuit I dropped on the floor. Oh, that's exactly what happened. He got he got a little snag in his cravat. He had to take the entire day off of work to, to get that thread tucked back into his cravat. I like how we're trying to, like, 
like poshify the British army that just completely like, weighed laced with a single shot. I know, right? They just unleashed an entire fuck you onto this poor misguided. Did we technically just overthrow a country? Like, oh, they definitely like. Like, how did that happen? I actually, I think it's hilarious that a coup d'etat started and ended within three days. Well, I mean... Less than 72 hours. Yeah, yeah it kind of makes sense to me. Because coups are either going to stick or they're not, and they're typically not going to stick. So, I mean, it, when you throw spaghetti that doesn't stick against the wall, it doesn't stay there. <laughs> That's true. That's true. What do you think of the shortest war in history, Declan? <laughs> He's like, I am older than the war. God, he is older than the war. <laughs> but yeah, so that is the Anglo-Zanzibar War, or the shortest war in history, or the 30-minute war, or the 40-minute war, depending on how you Google it. Damn. So, wait, well, Khalid, what the hell happened to him? Um, I feel like, you know what I feel like he is? I feel like he's Jack Spiker from from Shaolin Showdown. Shaolin Showdown? Is that a reference anyone knows? I, I think his name was Jack Spiker or something like that. Spader? Spiker? He was just sort of like this, like, cartoonishly evil but also just wrapped in buffoonery. Like, he, he was never really good at anything. That's funny. Well, he he got smuggled off the island into some German territories, and they smuggled him away to Oman for a little while. Um, and he actually hid in the German territories for two or three years while the British kept saying, you need to extradite him and give him to us. 30 minutes, and he went into hiding for three years. Right? Well, the, the Brits finally caught up to him in, like, 1913 mm -hmm. and sent him into exile, and he finally got to go back to Zanzibar in 1927. 1921. That's it? Yeah. He got 500 people killed. Yeah. How'd he die, at least? Did he at least have a funny death? Did he slip on a banana peel and die? I couldn't find anything. <laughs> he just ran away. He left everybody to fight for him. And... Like Grand Ruler Waspinator in his yeah. short rule. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, there you go. That, you don't know that how is, he died? I don't know how he died. That's lame as shit, I Joy. Know. Your research leaves something to be desired, but I don't even know how DJ Khalid Waspinator died. <laughs> I think he died in his sleep as an old man. Okay. Alright, is there yeah. anything else to add to it? No, that's the end. War over. War, yeah. I think we actually recorded longer than the actual war. Right? We talked about the war longer than it than it actually <laughs> than the lasted. War was. That's not a war, though. That's like barely even a battle. That's hardly a, a, a tiff. Like, <laughs> Jesus. Okay. All right. Does it's... that end our episode? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm Joy. This is Mike. If you want to reach out to me, I'm on Instagram at joyojoinus. Joy, O-H, join us. Yes. Jo joy, O-H, join us. Is there an 8-6 at the end of that? No. That's okay. just joy, o join us. Joy, O-H, join us. All right. Well, thanks for listening. You Have a good one. You want to give an Instagram or whatever? 
Phelous Dragon, but no one knows how to spell it. P-H-E-L-E-S Dragon. I don't know if you want to follow me, though. It's all Transformers. (laughs) But yeah, that sounds like your thing. If you want to shoot us a message, you can do it there. Um, Like, subscribe, comment. Tell us that... That was the stupidest fucking episode you've ever heard. It's not a, It's not Joy join us, you dumbass. What is it? You don't even know your... It's Joy OH Joy 86. Do you know what? Just like you never call your own phone number, you never pull up your own Instagram number. But you need account. to... Okay. But you know your phone number. Yeah, now that I'm an adult. Okay. Fine. Also because I lose my phone all the time and have to call you it. You don't lose your phone. I'm, I'm the exception... That, no, I know my phone number. People know their phone numbers. <laughs> Alright. Okay, I'm JoyoJoy86 on Instagram. Mike is Bellish Dragon on Instagram. Um, like, subscribe, comment. Tell us that you loved this episode. Tell us you hated this episode. Tell us you want to hear more about DJ Khalid and I should have looked up how he died. Or, yeah. yeah. Or not. Tell us you like the pictures. Tell us why the fuck are we listening to Mike looking at pictures. <laughs> you listen. <laughs> I'm listening to people walk in art. <laughs> oh, yes. I love the speckles and the spatters and the... the what, What's his name? Who did that? You really hate Pollock. Him. Pollock. It is Pollock. We're not talking me, about Pollock. We'll tell, me what it, tell me what it sounds like, Mike, to, to listen to somebody look at a Pollock. What do you want from me? <laughs> Peace.